creative structure and then there's creativity within that structure. And they both, they go together. And so much emphasis has been put on creativity within a pre-existing structure that we've lost the art of creative structuring. And because of that, when COVID hit, Nobody knew what to do. No one knew who's in charge. And content became very confusing. Marketing became very confusing. Hey, welcome to My Company Story. I'm your host, Don Burge. My Company Story is a podcast where I get to interview some of the most interesting business owners and CEOs about the challenges that they've faced and how they've overcome them. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm here today with Cynthia Johnson. Cynthia is the co-founder and CEO of Bell & Ivy. Bell & Ivy is an integrated marketing agency focused on a people-first approach. Cynthia, welcome to My Company Story. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Cynthia, can you tell our audience a little bit first about what is Bell & Ivy and what do you guys do? Tell us a little bit about what your company is all about, what their size is, where you're located. Sure. So we are located as remote as everyone else right now, but Las Vegas, we have addresses in Las Vegas and in Santa Monica, California, and we have clients globally. We are at roughly 15 full-time employees now. That's changed significantly since our first conversation, I think. We've been bringing on quite a few people and some pretty interesting accounts. Our company's focus when we launched over three years ago, four years ago now, was to take our digital marketing campaigns and our digital marketing background and integrate people into those campaigns a bit more. So redistributing marketing budgets. So that instead of spending all of the 20% or roughly 200 million plus dollars a quarter, brands spend on content they never use. You make content real and relevant through people. And that comes through what we call personal branding and employee branding. And what makes our campaigns integrated is the fact that your people touch every piece of your marketing strategy. So that's in store or in an office, the content online, it's always attached to real person. Can you give us an example of something I can get my hands around? I mean, give me an idea. Yeah. So for on the employee branding side, when a recent campaign we launched actually with Walmart in the state of Utah, we went into their stores and we said, let's run a local social campaign around Utah and food. So we took family stories from real employees, real local firefighters and police officers, and we videotaped their stories, turned them into social media content and then built out the recipes and made the recipes totally shoppable. So you could eat like a firefighter in Utah. Great, so you're taking very local, very, very regional, and then mm -hmm. adding products so that Walmart's now selling more food ingredients to make these delicious meals that the firefighters are eating. Exactly, and then there's a, for people that we couldn't get on camera, we actually created their recipe for them in sort of uh, tasty-like food videos. Got so it. that you could also watch and see how to cook it at home, which allows, you know, a really, deep level of like food commitment from a person, <laughs> you know, the person where it came from, their family story, you have the video of it being made. Uh, the other part of it is that that content is then shared all of the Walmart local locations, tagging back the store and the employee and the person. So it works at the corporate level, it works at, you know, the local level, and it doesn't stray away from their core business model, which is to sell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I know that social agency space that you're in is a very competitive space. I mean, how do you guys differentiate your firm from all the other choices that a Walmart has out there to choose from? People. So <laughs> it sounds like instead of looking at content as this sort of one-dimensional formulaic concept, which it has been for many years, I think the day that Snapchat launched was the day that changed forever. And the reason is people don't necessarily want to see a commercial the same way they did. And now they actually can't. Filming a commercial is very difficult right now. Right. And 
what we're saying is let's create a structured environment where anyone inside of an organization can be creative and participate in your marketing strategy and your brand sentiment and all the things that you spend hundreds of millions, in some cases, billions of dollars a year to sell people on. Why not just create that environment and, and share it and incentivize? Oh, that I see. That's brilliant. So you're really flipping the agency model on its head. You're saying like, we're not the Don Drapers of the world with the only <laughs> one in the room with a big idea. All of you employees have good ideas. Let's cultivate an environment where everyone can bring up those great ideas and foster that environment. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly it. Fascinating. That's great. And how did you get into this business? You have a co-founder right now. Mm -hmm. Tell me about how you guys got started and where you came from before this. So we were partners on another agency, a digital marketing agency prior to this. Um, and before that, I was, I actually worked on the platform side, a uh, social media live streaming website. So I'd seen on one end what the, I guess the actual insights of a platform has and what they don't have, you know, we treat them as this like mysterious thing. And so we became partners at the agency. We worked primarily in the behavioral healthcare space and we, we were really good at it. And we had a sister company that was a large publishing website and our company and that website were both acquired by a public behavioral healthcare some like hospital center. Okay. And during our time there, there was a unforeseen on our end, just reputation management problem. And mm -hmm. so now we had been brought on to build websites, drive traffic and build this business based on our ability to drive traffic to a website. Well, when a brand is tarnished, how do you oh, yeah. fix it? And now you're, you're talking health. And so out of pure necessity, we dove in and we started using the people. We basically created a database of all of the employees that we could get our hands on, business development reps, doctors, anybody who had worked at the company previously, marketing people. And we went into these local markets and we made them the center of the conversation. You made, you so, made them the heroes. Yeah. Made them the heroes. And we never made it about the company. Right. It was always this person's story. They happen to work at this company. This doctor works at this hospital, this kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. And we were able to achieve the brand sentiment that we needed and the trust signals, especially from business development reps in local communities. And on top of that, accomplish all the things that brands are spending all this money on from the top down approach, which is link building and content creation. And, you know, but we're doing it authentically and using yeah. these real people. I realized while I was, you know, completing my contract there that the problems, you know, I saw my co-founder saw with how personal and personnel branding was being used and how it could be leveraged and the problems with marketing departments, I couldn't solve from the inside. Like I was sitting on the wrong side of the table. Oh, so that's when you and your partner said, all right, we need to break away from this group we're with yeah. right now and do it ourselves. Yeah. We were hiring agencies to come in and tell us what we already knew wasn't going to work. And that was frustrating. <laughs> you know, as someone who's been on both sides, when you know where you fit, and for us, it was the agency side, it's very hard to sit on the other side of that table. I'll bet. It, it's just, you know, you know where you fit and it doesn't matter. Both sides are equally as important, but so we left. And the first time I pitched this, I, this concept to someone who was a very popular investor in the Valley, he told me to quit now. No one would ever, would ever do that and trust their employees enough. And I told him he was wrong. And then uh, the moment that we, you know, were sustainable, I emailed him and we had a good laugh about it, but <laughs> good. So did you have to yeah. go out for uh, investor money uh, when you guys started or did you self-fund this yourself or how did you tell us about the early days, how you got started? Yeah, we're, so we're exclusively self-funded. Uh, Congratulations. Known. That's great. Thank you. It's interesting because we sort of used our own formula that we're selling to everyone else to build 
our agency. And so we've never spent a dime on marketing that wasn't people approach. So are uh, people going to events, speaking at events, talking at events, writing content, being actively participating. So no ads, nothing. And I'm not against that. I understand, you know, we're a smaller organization. They have their place, but you know, so we built, built until we burst, right? It's, we knew early on that we had to take on campaigns to sustain. And we're finally at a place where we do personal and employee branding only. And we do them with, you know, the Fortune 5,000 companies and in some cases, smaller businesses or organizations that just have a mission or vision that we believe in. Yeah, good for you. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I want to shift a little bit, Cynthia, and ask you about, as I ask every guest on the show, about the challenges that you have seen in particular in your industry, in the niche you're in during these COVID times we're in, any areas like that. I mean, what comes to mind about what challenges that you've come across? And then more importantly, how did you overcome them? Yeah. So specifically with COVID in the industry, I would say that a lot of agencies were built on, there's two types of creativity, right? There's creative structure, and then there's creativity within that structure. And they both, they go together. And so much emphasis has been put on creativity within a pre-existing structure that we've lost the art of creative structuring. And because of that, when COVID hit, nobody knew what to do. No one knew who's in charge. And content became very confusing. Marketing became very confusing. What's the new structure? Because creative people work best in an environment, in a framework. And you look at an actor, they're always in front of a camera. They know they're... Right, they have the script. You know, you're really looking for more of a stand-up comedian, which is someone who goes, <laughs> their yeah. own game plan, their own... Like, right. You, and they're, they're naked up in front of everyone, and right. they're still going to pull it off. So I think that it was a big wake-up call to marketing in general, because we were just we'd become so dependent on a structure that no longer works. So what was the remedy to that? I mean, how did you guys then pivot or change to, to accommodate that change? So we started calling everyone and then you figure out what is, you start from a place of their existing struggles and structure. So if you have 10 great ideas, but the team you're working with actually is not you know, informed or educated enough to pull off any of them, well, then you have a useless idea. Right. So you start from building unique structures for an organization and then becoming creative on top of that instead of the other way around. And are those unique to COVID or that's pretty much your business model? That's anyway, my business. It? Yeah, yeah, it's been our business model since the beginning. And I, I will say because of the time I spent inside of that you know, corporate environment where there were reputation problems and brand problems that were very unique, we learned how to do that and mm -hmm. saw that's where it was headed. So it gave us the ability to to work in a crazy chaotic environment and so learn from that yeah and go yeah. on from there yeah Cynthia what about uh, any challenges with you are the CEO of the company you have a nice size very vibrant company based in two locations everywhere <laughs> now on on zoom but have there been challenges that you've faced as a CEO with decisions that you've had to make that have been impactful that have been challenging and then and if so what are those and how did you overcome those yeah so I would say you know early on for us, it's really who do we work with? You know, be having that people-based approach. You have a lot of personalities. And so organizational structure and partnerships and how not only who you work with, but how you work with them all become very important. And so early on, we, you know, we had some internal partnerships or clients that were just not a fit. And as a founder who's, you know, you're working day and night <laughs> to build something, when you hear that a client isn't a fit, it's a really hard decision. 
Oh, I bet. I bet. Because you you work so hard to get that first, second, third, or fourth client. And it's like, what do you mean they're not a fit? We, we're growing. We, everyone's a fit, right? Everyone. Oh, isn't everyone a fit? And then, but your team's looking and going, no, these are impossible people. And you know, you hired the right people. That's what your instincts, my instincts usually tell me. I have to at least investigate this. And so letting go of people, partners, clients, you know, we actually merged with another company at one point. Uh, and I just had very different work cultures. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think, you know, just because I'm the CEO doesn't mean I have to do less of the work. It means I can do more of the work. And so there's sometimes, you know, it's exciting to have a merger or a partnership, whereas I'm viewing it as the next step of a bigger thing. Some people may be viewing it as the big thing. Right. And those are questions that you learn from only through mistakes or hearing other people's mistakes to ask early on is, are, is this the end of the road for you where I see it as just a step in the next direction and I need you to be on board or are we on the same page and in through excitement and, and things, you know, obviously it, it, so in the moment it's hard. So what lesson would you pass along to any other CEOs, someone like you listening to this show that might be going through that or thinking about going through that merging with another company? Cause that's quite common, especially in the agency business oh, to, yeah. get, to grow that way. Then what would you say to do or not to do in those situations? So I would say initially is get advice, get some mentors, have third-party outsiders look at the situation, vet both, make sure that you're getting an outside, you know, an outside perspective on what it is that you're doing and if it potentially will work. And once you do that, listen, really hear them out. And then the third thing is remember that it has to be business first. And someone who loves people and loves relationships, that's hard. It really is. It's hard because at the end of the day, if the company doesn't succeed, all of those people and those partnerships that are depending on you, they fall apart. And so just getting someone who's been in your shoes, you know, you can find events or webinars, and I know you're involved in a bunch as well, but get surround yourself with people who have been where you're headed. That's good <laughs> advice. Yeah, good advice. Yeah. Surround yourself with people that have been where you're headed and then heed their advice and take it and, and act on it then. Yeah. And, and have all of the difficult discussions with a third party in the room, like never mm -hmm. do it one-on-one because -on -one, he said, she said, uh, conflict. Oh, right. And okay. it's not even that one side is lying, right. Or making it up. It's actually that our perspectives and our, and our interpretations of a conversation can be different. Sure. I heard them say they liked this <laughs> and you're like, I didn't get that same feeling. And so you have a third party that kind of says, well, this is, I, I see what you're saying, but this is what yeah. I understood it. Yeah. Exactly. Very good. Yeah. Great advice. And you've had these kind of experiences. It sounds like firsthand then, right? Yes, we actually had to separate with that same partner that we merged with and, you know, we still support support him and, and all of his endeavors and, and vice versa. It just wasn't a fit. And I think that it's okay for that to be the case. Yeah, very good. Cynthia, are there other any other pits of advice or words of wisdom that you would want to pass along to uh, anyone else listening right now who's running any kind of a company out there right now in, the, in today's environment? Yeah, I, I uh, there's so many things that uh, that no, I know. Pick one, <laughs> <laughs> right? You no, know, like first of all, have a plan. And there's certain places where you should never cut spending or try to do it yourself. And those are things. What do you mean by that? Tell us more about that. Yeah, we were talking earlier. Lawyers and accounting. Get someone you can trust who will grow with you in that position oh. and understand how to do it, but don't make it your job to do it. So because, get someone, get a good lawyer, get a good accountant who knows what they're doing yeah. and let them do their job and don't try do to get job. in the way. I like to learn, you know, I know enough to go in and ask questions and get the answers I want or oversee or I know how to pass it on if they need to be double eyes on it. But at the end of the day, you want someone in those two areas 
to really understand your business. Um, you know, we've had situations with everything comes your way. You know, we, our business being in Santa Monica, our headquarters in Santa Monica, you know, we pay taxes on taxes on taxes of, you know, we pay taxes to have taxes. Like basically. <laughs> right. That's the way of putting it. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if there are any, uh, anyone in elected office listening to this, you should hear this <laughs> loud and clear. Yeah. I might run for city council. Honestly. There you go. Like, <laughs> we need you. We stop voting yes on everything. <laughs> no, That's but, right. So, but it's important to understand because there were situations where new tax comes down, for instance. And I'm not saying that that taxes are bad. I'm just saying that some of them are all half, they're all, they're halfway there. They're not fully thought out and, and a smart accountant or lawyer, you know, they come in and they say, you know what, push back on this one. And they actually don't have their ducks in a row here. It's probably going to go away. Wow. And now, you know, and those are those insights. I don't have the time to figure that out. I don't even have the time to, to make the phone call usually. So yeah, it's just, I think advice being know what you don't know and find and know enough about it to find the right person to fill those shoes. That's great advice. Good <laughs> Cynthia, thank you. We are at the end of our 20 minutes right now. If anyone wanted to get a hold of you, though, well, what is the best way to do that? How should they reach out and find you? So, yeah, I'm Cynthia Live everywhere. So, Cynthia Live on social media, Cynthia at CynthiaLive.com. Uh, our agency is BellIvy.com. And you can reach me at Cynthia at BellIvy.com. Please reach out. I answer as many emails as I can in a timely way. I think, you know, it's how we connected. If you reach out to me on LinkedIn, the odds of me seeing it are so slim. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay. uh, but I'll do my best. Yeah. Good. Well, Cynthia, thanks so much for spending time with us today. And it's been a great story. We look forward to following your success. Thank you. Okay. Thanks Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to My Company Story. We have new episodes coming out every week, so please subscribe if you like this. And if you'd like to hear previous episodes, you can go to mycompanystory.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in coming on the show, please email me at don at Thanks for listening. <laughs>